The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, they're, they're spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Elf. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What's up, Jason? What's up, Kerwin? Uh, what are you drinking today? A nice, cold, light beer. Nice. Also, here with us is Mugga. How you doing, Mugs? Special K, I'm doing good. That's great, that's great. What are you drinking? Uh, some red wine, Cabernet. Also joining us today is TJ. TJ, how are you? Hi, Kerwin. How's it going? I'm great. What are you drinking tonight? Also beer. Cool. And light or? Yes, light. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thank you, Mugga. <laughs> and uh, our new guest today, first time on the show, is Rich. How you doing, Rich? Oh, I'm doing good. What are you drinking today? Um, I guess I'm the sober one drinking alkaline water. Stay Boring. healthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we're reviewing Elf. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> Here we go. A little bit of foreshadowing on the review. <laughs> so we're doing Elf. Elf was released November 7th, 2003, produced by Guy Walks Into a Bar Productions. <laughs> That's the name of it? That tells you a lot about this film right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> and distributed by New Line Cinema. It stars Will Ferrell, James Caan, Zoe Deschanel, and Mary Steenburgen. It's directed by John Favreau, who also directed Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2, Cowboys and Aliens, Chef, The Jungle Book, and is also directing the upcoming live-action Lion King film. It's written by David Berenbaum. Buddy is an elf living in the North Pole who quickly notices that he's quite different from everybody else. Turns out he's not an elf, but rather a human who managed to sneak his way into Santa's bag of gifts years ago as a baby. With this knowledge, Buddy makes the journey to New York City to find his biological father and hopefully a place where he truly belongs. Before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga, why don't you hit us with the financials? So there's a, there's a lot to this movie. First of all, it costs $32 million to actually like create Opening weekend domestic, 33 million. So it actually made money opening weekend, which I thought was kind of crazy. It was number two that weekend at the box office. Here's the reason. Matrix Revolutions it went up against. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, not uh, Revolutions. Yeah. I think the next week after that, it was the top box office. Overall domestic, it was 173 million. Um, international, 47. Didn't do as well international. Total was 220 million that it made. So if you subtract the cost, 188 million. Here's what I find interesting because I, again, we're going to find out I really don't like this movie. Will Ferrell, he. <laughs> He's made a roughly around 34 movies. If you count stuff like Wedding Crashers, Awesome Powers, where he does do a cameo, this ranks second all time on box office of Will Ferrell movies. However, number one, number one is a Lego movie. So he's just doing the voiceover. So for him on screen, this is his highest grossing film. And I look at this list. He's That's number two. Step Brothers is 10. Old School 14, which I... F- think are far better. I get it's a family movie Christmas, but it's like, I can't believe this is on screen Will Ferrell's highest grossing film. Yeah. I, I think it just comes down to the fact that like this has a wider audience than a it's movie trash. like Step Brothers. <laughs> so I think that probably contributes to the showing. Yeah. I mean, it's very successful. I know they've offered him to do a second elf and they were literally going to pay him 29 million to do the second elf, which he has turned down. Obviously we know that's not out. I just, it's crazy that they were going to give him 29 million when the first one cost just 32 million to make, but it's, uh, it's crazy. I I don't, I don't get it. I'm flabbergasted. All right. Well, Mug is flabbergasted, but let's see what everybody thought about this movie. Jason, what's the general consensus? So on Rotten Tomatoes, um, when you look at the critics, they rank at 83%. 
and the audience is 78. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but everyone I talk to that enjoys this movie, they, they rank it along their top Christmas movies. And I feel like the audience ranking it less than the critics, again, is kind of unusual. Well, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think 78's a fair score? You want my opinion. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid to ask Muggs. Um, <laughs> how about Teach? Teach, I know you kind of enjoy this movie. Like, yeah. what, Do you think 78's fair? I would put it like around that 80 mark. So that that makes sense. 80? Yeah. Trash. 78. <laughs> 78. I, I just, I I'm don't. I'm not alone. I don't see it. Like, I don't, okay, I we'll do not agree we'll, we'll get in. We'll get into that when Trash or Treasure Gosh, comes around. Grinch over there. <laughs> That's a great movie. I'll give that a 78. Right, so, That's a B on an essay, man. I don't, I don't know. About that. All right. That's so, Jason, Jason, you're saying that, um, the critic review score was what? On um, Rotten Tomatoes? So critics was um, 83, and then when you look at the audience, it was a little lower. It was five points lower at 78. Uh, I mean, I, I get why people would kind of rate it that way. It is a family film. But I disagree with the critics rating of 83. Yeah, I mean... Robert, I think Robert Eper gave it three out of four. He did. <laughs> Trash. All right, so to get into the behind the scenes... Jim Carrey was originally offered the role of Buddy the Elf, but turned it down... And the script for Elf actually dates back to around 1993. That's when uh, David Berenbaum started working on it. And it was actually written with Jim Carrey in mind for the role. But he ended up turning it down after the success of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. And after Ace Ventura, Carrey eventually went on to do The Mask that came out in 1994, along with Dumb and Dumber in the same year. And his next film after that was Batman Forever. Uh, as far as how they got Buddy to look, you know, so much larger than the other elves on screen, the movie makes use of forced perspective. Uh, it's the same technique that Peter Jackson used in Lord of the Rings and in the Hobbit movies. That involves having the larger character stand much closer to the camera on a proportionally smaller set and having the rest of the actors stand in the background on a set that's usually one and a half to two times as large. Was Peter Jackson the first to do that? When did Lord of the Rings come out? It was around 99, I thought, wasn't it? Or 2000? No, no, no. It had to be. No, it was 2001. I'm sorry, 2001. Yeah, 2001, I, th I think. But I remember watching a documentary about that. And I remember them of what they did is almost identical to what Elf did. So I think it was 2001 that I, I saw the first of that. But Yeah, you're right. Lord of the Rings yeah. came out in 2001. But was he the first to actually do this technique? No, I highly doubt it. I think, you know, when you look at older movies that didn't have kind of what we have now in terms of right. visual and special effects. They had to make use of more traditional methods. So I think this is something that was probably done way back in the day, like okay. in the early history of yeah, cinema. I just looked it up. It says movies uh, on Wikipedia, just movies in the 50s and 60s were using forced perspective because they didn't have a budget to do much else. So they had to kind of come up with a genius I mean, way CGI is taking that over now, so we're good on that. For you sure. Know. But uh, the cool thing is, or maybe the, the weird thing is, you had to do so much work to get these forced perspective shots to work because you had to match the camera angles with the two sets to make them appear as one. And for Elf, they even had additional lighting crews and painters on set to make sure that they match so that they appeared seamless. So if in a shot something was off, they would have the lighting crew jump in and kind of adjust the lighting to make that work. Or they would actually have the painting crew on set paint portions of the set so that the two sets would look seamless. And, and as a math person, I thought that was kind of impressive. I thought they really did a good job on that, you know, but... They had the painters, like, come in and paint the backgrounds lighter. The, the weird thing, too, is having the actors look different ways. So one would be f several feet away looking up at nothing while the other one or Will Ferrell's character or Santa, those are the two that they Bailey did this with, would be in front of the camera looking down at nothing 
totally looking not at each other, but in the camera, it looked like they were. And I remember in, uh, you know, the behind the scenes for Lord of the Rings, Ian McKellen actually said that's probably one of the most difficult bits of acting he had done. Because your little acting with someone with, like, they're not there. They're not like, there. I mean, they're, they're kind of there. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, you know, they're but, to yeah. your left, like, by 20 They're in your something. peripheral, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually can take the uh, WB tour at the WB lot. And they have a table that they used in either Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit that is built in forced perspective. So you can sit in one spot while your your friend or whoever's sitting in an, in the other spot in the foreground. Really? And uh, and it looks like someone's he's a that giant much luck, when yeah. it's on screen. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. Another thing is there's a part where Will Ferrell is they're at the North Pole. And he's sitting on, I believe they call him Papa Elf. It's Bob Bob Newhart. Oh yeah, at he's the sitting. End. Yeah, he's sitting on his lap. Do you guys remember that part? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. not the end of the Bob film. Newhart's lap though. Well, yeah. no, it's not. the The weird thing is that the legs that you see, this is actually a kid's leg. So again, it's the the forced perspective, right, Mugs? Right. Yeah. Right. So they they show that, but it's actually a kid's leg. So what they did was they didn't <laughs> they didn't want to hurt the kid because you know Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell's you know is a big dude, so like. They put He's 6'3". Yeah. And sitting on kids' laps is legal. <laughs> Trash. It's not really my point, Rich, but they put what they do is they put a box over the kid because they don't want to, you know, they don't want Will Ferrell to hurt the kid. So they have this box and they put the kid's legs out the front of it. But it's weird because they have to have Bob Newhart kind of mimic. In the back, right? Yeah. So Bob Newhart's sitting way back. Yeah. And they have Will Ferrell sitting over this box, but they have to like have Bob Newhart mimic the way that the kids' legs are moving because oh, they're so, wow. yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, it was a really trippy oh, scene. That's pretty cool. I, yeah, I, I didn't know that. So it's the kids' legs, and Bob's just sitting behind them. He's kind of acting with some kid just like in and pain. And it just looks like it because yeah. of the force perspective thing. That's yeah. interesting. That's pretty rough. Another thing like that I was kind of looking at too is like I've I've never seen Lord of the Rings so please no one don't get too upset you, you gotta watch I it haven't now. seen it either so don't worry yes you have no, I've seen I've seen part of the second one All right. and the first Hobbit movie I guess I'm lying too I I seen part of the first one but I fell asleep twice yeah. so also I've trash seen part, okay well oh see how that one goes over we're gonna we're gonna keep mugs and rich separated here for a second because I don't think uh, okay anyway so there's one part. Towards the end of the movie, where they are showing the police officers on the horses. Oh, the Central Park Rangers. Yeah, the Central Park Rangers. So it wasn't originally supposed to be the Central Park Rangers. It was supposed to be just real cops. But John Favreau, he li- he loved the costumes of the police officers on the horses. So he switches them, and there was a scene where... They are running uh, next to each other, kind of mimicking another scene from Lord of the Rings. Yes. Do you, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about, Muggs? Well, I mean, I've seen Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Rings, and I think that's what they were kind of going for, where you have the black horses seeing what's going down and just chasing after yeah, so what they're I, doing. Yeah, and I think they try to keep it really shadowy. I think they're not trying to show them They so did a much. good job. They did a good job. Yeah, so I think they were trying to mimic that a lot, too. All right, so the visual effects in this movie were done by the effects studio called Rhythm and Hughes, uh, the studio that's unfortunately famous for going bankrupt after winning a visual effects Oscar for Life of Pi back in 2012. So for this movie, we have uh, Oscar winners working on it, maybe boosting Elf's credibility as a great film. I don't know about that. (laughs) And Elf is often considered, based on what Jason was telling us earlier, Elf is considered one of the best Christmas films of all time. That's Um, that's to some people's (laughs) belief, not everyone's. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Trash. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe... uh, I believe as of 2017, Fandango had it 
or has it ranked as the best Christmas movie of the 21st century? How? Okay, so I, I would disagree with that. How? Well, I mean, what movies have come out for Christmas in the 21st century, though? Bad Santa. There you go. Better. Done. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so first said, one you said so. Uh, Slam dunk case right there. So speaking of Bad Santa, the director of Bad Santa, Terry uh, Zwigoff, I believe that's how it's pronounced. He was uh, offered this role, wasn't yeah, he? he? Yeah, he got offered this movie, yeah. but he went to direct Bad Santa, which I'm just going to say it, I think is a much better film. Which is ironic because we watched both of those back to back the same night we watched Elf. You know, I, I thought that was kind of cool, but whatever. And Elf was so popular, it actually got the Broadway musical treatment as well as an animated TV musical with uh, Jim Parsons starring in The Big Bang Theory, as well as Mark Hamill, you know, famously known for playing Luke Skywalker starring as Buddy's dad Peter Billingsley who also played Ralphie in A Christmas Story appears in the film as Ming Ming the guy who calls Buddy a uh, cotton-headed ninny muggins <laughs> Peter Billingsley is also a producer on a number of John Favreau projects uh, including Iron Man so you definitely got the the connect right there Ray Harryhausen also voiced I believe the young polar bear in the North Pole. Ray Harryhausen is famous for his stop motion animation films like Mighty Joe Young, uh, 1949, Jason and the Argonauts, 1963, and the 1981 version of Clash of the Titans. His style of animation actually influenced a lot of the stop motion Christmas movies of the 1960s through the 80s, produced by Rankin and Bass Productions. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, like, he, he voiced it. I think it was kind of paying homage to him for all of his work towards that kind of stop motion animation. They coined it, it's called Dynamation. But yeah, he was he was a creator of that, and they gave him the opportunity to play the polar bear. I thought that was kind of cool. I think that's a nice nod to it. The elf costumes are actually, they actually share the exact same designs. Exactly. As, yeah. As, as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger. I thought that was cool. I really do. I think that was cool. Yeah, and it was a nice part on Favreau's part to kind of play with the nostalgia of a lot of those because, I mean, I grew up watching those. I don't know if you guys did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he definitely wanted the film to be visually familiar to a lot of the adults who grew up watching the stop-motion films as well as introducing that kind of look and feel to a younger generation who's watching Christmas movies. I think it was a nice way to sort of bridge the two generations together. I, I thought, this, I don't know if you're going to touch on this, Kerwin, but The Snowman as well, it kind of pays homage to the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, the Sam, Sam the Snowman. Sam the Snowman. It was, he was voiced by Leon Redbone. He's a jazz singer, songwriter, guitarist. It's kind of cool. I mean, he also did, he also sang the theme to Mr. Belvedere. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Harry and the Hendersons. It's kind of cool. At the end of the movie, at the closing credits, they play Baby It's Cold Outside. And he actually sings it with Zoe Deschanel. Oh. So that, that rendition that they do at the end of the movie and the closing credits, they actually sing together. I thought that was kind of cool. So concerning the filming, when buddies open up the Jack in the Box toys and testing them. That's, well, that's one of my treasures <laughs> in this movie. You guys know that, right? Yeah. Uh, John Favreau was actually off screen and triggering them with a uh, remote control to get a genuine reaction from Will Ferrell. I, I thought that was fucking cool. Like, I mean, I really did. I thought you can see that third one that he does. He, he opens three, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. The third one, it does doesn't come off on your normal one and he's sitting there and it does and he jumps and I, I thought that was really cool they're, gen they're genuine reactions it's yeah, kind yeah, of crazy yeah. Yeah. yeah very smart also, I mean I didn't I didn't laugh but I mean it was it was cool <laughs> it's kind of after uh, the fact you kind of read about it and you're like okay yeah. that's kind of neat also the laugh of the Jack in the Box is a hyena laugh that is used at one of the Disney parks oh they like repurposed it for the Jack in the Box 
That's pretty sick. Stat of the day. Yeah, in clutch with that one. That was a good one. Also, speaking of Will Ferrell, he actually ate a lot of, if not all, of the candy that you see in the film. Uh, you see Buddy constantly eating sweets. And because of that, he was actually on a sugar high all I the time. I thought he got sick, yeah, right? Yeah. He got sick. He suffered from headaches. And he wasn't able to sleep well. He was just high on sugar the entire time. And for anybody concerned about uh, when he goes to the doctor's office, he, was it, to get the biological test, right? Yeah, the, yeah to see if uh, uh, Walter James Conn was actually Which his is dad. John Fox. Is the uh, John Favreau? How do you say his last uh, name? John Favreau. Yeah, he's the actual doctor, right? Yes, yeah. that's yeah. his original cameo that he does in all of his movies, doesn't he? The cotton, the cotton balls that he eats are actually cotton candy, so we ain't got to worry about that. You know, him being poisoned and whatnot. You know, Mugga talked about the sequel. They offered him $29 million to do the sequel, but he turned it down. Uh, one of the reasons for that was he didn't want to deal with any criticism if the sequel was terrible and. At that point in his career, he was worried about an Elf sequel ruining all the good work he did in film and on Saturday Night Live. So he felt that strongly about... I mean, poss- 29 million is a lot he of money. He turned down 29 million because he felt that if this movie was terrible, it would ruin his his career. I also read that he thought it would be pathetic yes. for, for an Elf to do it again. For, yeah, for like someone in their 40s to put on these yellow ties and play an Elf again. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I, I, like, El- like Buddy, the 40-year-old... Elf. Yeah, Just I, weird. I don't know. John Favreau, 29 million. I'll do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I look at it this way. He did Anchorman right after. I love Anchorman. He also did Zoolander 2. And Anchorman 2. Yeah. yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. he. Yeah. I don't know why he did those, but you know what? He was so much further along in his career that doing something like that probably couldn't hurt. You know, this kind of early in his starring in films. Yeah. I think he might've been, you know, that concern is kind of valid. I get that. Well, I'm thinking one thing he thought about was that this movie is trash. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Valid point, Rich. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with 100%. that. 100%. I agree with that. So Will Ferrell actually worked as a Santa at a mall with Chris Kattan, working as an elf beside him while he was with the Groundlings. Uh, they're an improv group in LA. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know the Groundlings alumni, uh, some of the famous people that graduated from there were Will Ferrell, of course, Kathy Griffin, Lisa Kudrow, Melissa McCarthy, Paul Rubens, shout out to Pee Wee, uh, Phil Hartman, and Kristen Wiig to name a few. So hopefully they weren't all wearing Santa outfits at the time. I hope not. So there's a big fight in the movie. We know that. It took over two weeks for the movie's art department to build the entire Lego city that we see in the shopping mall. That's why they only get one take, right? Yeah, they had one take. uh, Santa and Buddy. Hey, you get one take at this? Just go, because we ain't doing this again, huh? Luckily, I mean, luckily... But Buddy does it in one night. Yeah, he does it in one night. The whole set takes out two weeks of the cast. He does it in one night. Trash. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he does that stuff. I don't know how he does superhuman things. Is he superhuman? I don't know. But speaking of his abilities, possibly being superhuman, I did a little bit of calculating. So Buddy walks from the North Pole oh my God. To, to New York City. He walks. He gets on an iceberg. He gets a little block of ice and then ends up walking. New York City is 3,240 miles from the North Pole. It's a Easy. bridge jog. Bridge yeah. jog. Yeah. <laughs> the average human walks at about 3.1 miles per hour. It would have taken Buddy 1,046.7 hours to walk from the North Pole to New York City, and that's 43 and a half days. And he's just consistently walking the whole time. He's just walking the whole time. No eating nothing. Well, we know that he doesn't really need that much sleep. He only needs 40 minutes he, a night. 
Yeah, he only needs 40 minutes a night. That's he's on a sugar that. high. Yeah, yeah. So it just it makes no elf, fucking sense, <laughs> dude. It took him a month and a half. That's easy. He's an elf. He's, well, he's not an elf. He thinks he is. Seeing is believing, baby. <laughs> so um, they filmed, they actually filmed some of the department store scenes in an old insane asylum uh, that they converted into a sound studio. Yes, in so Vancouver, right? That, right. Yeah, yeah, so I, I thought it was Riverview Hospital is what I thought it was called. Yeah, so it's like it's like a mental hospital, but that's where they filmed the department store scenes, like Kerman was saying, the jail scene, uh, Walter's apartment. But do you know what other movie also filmed in the same insane asylum? I, I, I do. No, I do. I X do. Files, Final Destination Two, Jennifer's Body, and See No Evil Two. Am I right? There's one more. What? What is it? Classic. Freddy versus Jason. Oh. oh, and Jason is the one that said it. <laughs> oh, nice. Still trash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, they, they did all that in that but, era. Uh, but a lot yeah. of this stuff, though, we're not getting, you know, because of the movie. It's just where things are filmed, you know. They shot inside of an old insane asylum, but they actually did try to shoot inside of a Macy's, but Macy's refused because they didn't want scenes of a fake Santa being revealed in their stores to kind of ruin the illusion of Santa being real for kids. So they felt that strongly about, I guess, their potential client base, kids yeah. that, that ain't got no money. Yeah, just kind of keeping the dream alive. <sighs> it doesn't, I thought it doesn't last long. I thought at the time, though, wasn't Macy's a rival of the store that's Gimbals, portrayed? Yeah. Gimbals, yeah. They were like, it was like their biggest rival, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Gimbals I read. closed in 86. Uh, Gimbals end up, uh, went out of business in 1987. And I guess... Uh, and this movie takes place when? 2003. Three. Yeah. Again, we're not going to talk about that. It's horrible. Well, whatever. No, no. So what they did, the reason they did that was because um, they wanted to use an authentic department store name. Don't know why they can just make one up. But Gimbal's was super popular in New York. So because they went out of business, I guess uh, John Favreau, uh, the studio, they kind of found out who had the rights to the name and they were able to use that for the film. And I guess okay. it lends a little bit of authenticity to it. Yeah, oh, yeah it, yeah. it kind of makes sense. I mean, they're borrowing like styles from movies that were shot and like or released in the 60s with the claymation and stuff. So it kind of makes sense that they would kind of go back to an older department. And Gimbal's actually closed on their 100th year of operation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shut doors. So that's kind of like a celebration, you know, like. Hey, we kind of made it to 100. Yeah. So. Well, well, the other thing, too, is that if you go back to the original version of Miracle on 34th Street, yeah, Gimbal's was actually the biggest rival of Macy's. Right. So when you look at that, Gimbal's was like a really prominent department store back in the day. I think it's kind of, again, I, I feel like this, this movie overall pays homage to a lot yeah. of these classic Christmas stories and Absolutely. Christmas movies. So. Uh, getting back to Buddy, Buddy is seen in the beginning of the film as a baby. Baby Buddy at the beginning of the film is actually played by a set of female triplets. Uh, the girls were brought in after John Favreau fired. Yes, yeah, he fired, fired. because yeah. the, the the two triplets, which I heard they had curly hair, the twins. Yeah, the, the two twin boys, and yeah. they fired because they would not stop crying. They wouldn't do it, so that's why they put in the, the baby that you see in the actual film, right? Yeah. So yeah. Buddy's Buddy's played by a set of triplet girls. How, how, how do you feel like you, you get fired and you're less than a year old and it's off of Elf? I, I, they probably were relieved. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this movie sucks. Somebody you know, should have lucky fired stars the, at this point. I mean. Somebody should have fired the Olsen twins back in Full House. Oh, you stop. Oh, there stopped. we go. Cutting deep. He is a, a critic. Yeah. Oh, in early drafts of the script, Buddy was actually supposed to be bullied by the other elves, kind of like uh, mirroring the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But they right. didn't want it. 
to look as if, hey, the North Pole wasn't a warm place. Or, and I heard also that's why Buddy then goes to New York and is so nice to everyone because where he was from, everyone was nice to him. That's what I, I got out of that. I mean, yeah. that's what I heard. Yeah, like although he was fucking up, all the elves, they were just, they, they were super nice to him. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I read the same thing. Like he, it was supposed to be like he was bullied and that's why he left. But John Forever wanted to keep it a little more warm. And that's why they decided to, again, have the elves be a little... Which I agree with. I, I think that was kind of cool. That I makes mean, sense. Did, or yeah. do you think it would be better if he was bullied? No, I, I, don't, I, I don't think at all. His reasoning makes sense because when he gets to New York and he screws he up... He sees the real world. Yeah, like he sees the real world. He doesn't have any sort of negative reaction to it because his only the only response he's ever gotten to him messing up is positivity. Yeah. So he doesn't... I guess he doesn't have any sort of concept of negative thinking when he gets to New York. Right. No, I totally agree. So, Kerwin, one key thing that you haven't brought up, though, the editor, Dan Lebenthal, I think that's his name. I don't know if he's attached with John Favre. I, I always say his Favre. name. Favre. Favre. Whatever the... F- whatever. Hey, man, he made Favre. Iron Man. Show yeah, some respect. On, Again, the editor that is on Elf also did Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Ant-Man, Spider-Man 2, and Thor Dark, Dark World. Dark World. I haven't seen it, but yeah. Am I wrong on that? Is that how you say that? Is that the title of the movie? What, Thor the Dark World? Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, he did all those. It's kind of kind of crazy because I think there's so many editing mistakes, which I'll get into my trash or treasure. But like, I don't know if he's friends with, but the, he was on. He was the editor for all of those other movies, mm. which I thought was like really kind of interesting because this movie sucks in editing, by the way, which we'll get into, but I'm just saying. He did these big time blockbuster movies after Elf was even like made. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of directors usually roll with kind of the crew that they stick with for the most part. Like yeah. I know um, Christopher Nolan has Wally Pfister do a lot of his films right. up until Interstellar. You have uh, Ryan Coogler has uh, Ludwig Göransson score a lot of his films, or if not all of his films. So you know, directors and their cinematographers, musicians, they kind right. of roll together. They're they're and a team. Another thing that I want to talk about, I think it's if you watch the making of it, there's a hockey scene. Does anyone know why that was deleted from it? Like there was a hockey scene where he plays everything. Why is this thing deleted? It's not in the movie at all. Like why is it not in I the think film? It's just for time. I don't know. I, I think it's because Buddy's so big, and I think that it looks like he's bullying the other elves or participants. Did you ever see the scene? I didn't see the scene, but I, I think that's what I read is that he bullied them, and they didn't want to portray Buddy in that light. It kind of takes away from the movie. Well, what, what did you see? I never saw the scene. I just okay. I, I just know behind the scene they kept saying, "Oh, this is the hockey scene," and it's never in the movie. It was actually like. And I'm just like, well, what the hell? You know, I don't understand why it's not in there. I mean, Maybe it, it could have made the movie like, better. Something could have made the movie better. I don't know what the happened. Whole of, uh, you know, trying to make the North Pole look like everything was nice. Obviously, hockey is a competitive sport. And maybe the juxtaposition that brings of out that. the best in people, though, don't you think? Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's maybe actually, the juxtaposition there's no height. There's things. no fights in hockey. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's a, actually a good point because um, you do have sport, you do have comp- uh, competition, and competition can lead to confrontation. So right. I think any semblance of confrontation, whether it's on the field or ice or not, that kind of falls in line with Buddy being bullied himself. You don't want any sort of win or lose. You don't want any losing in a North Pole. So that way when he gets to New York, all he thinks is he's winning constantly when he's really not. And as a kid, we all think of the North Pole being like this magical, happy place where everything is right. Like no one ever loses at the North Pole. Oh, in real life, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah, it's cold and you die alone. I have some more behind the scenes stuff. I mean, I don't know how much you guys want to hear. That was 
Favreau. I can never say his name right. I'm sorry. I don't I know. know. He says uh, John Favre every time. But it's Favreau. Um, <laughs> Is he related to Brett Favre? No, no. He's not related yourself. to Brett Favre. <laughs> Kill yourself. But, so Favreau played the role of the doctor, but do you know who else he voiced in this movie? He played the Norwal. The Norwal One of the critters, right? In the stop animation? He's... <laughs> Well, okay, the Norwal. Is that a real creature? Question. Yes, it is. Yeah. Do you know anything about a Norwal? Yeah, it's their front tooth is the horn. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how long the front tooth can get? Jesus. Uh, what they get up to like What are you writing a book about are a we, Norwal? Are we doing a review of the Norwal? <laughs> I didn't know this was Blue Planet Part well, 3. <laughs> all I know is that up until yesterday, I didn't know this was a real creature. Oh, wow. Okay. So I found out. All right, you need to watch Blue Planet Part 2 then. The don't you have a college degree? Failed you. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't know what a Norwal was, what the fuck it is. Uh, it's Narwhal. Whatever. Narwhal. Get up to 2,000 pounds, swims in Arctic waters, right, and that huge. thing can get up to nine feet. His little horn can get up to nine feet long. It's not a horn, it's a tooth. It's a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is, nine feet, and it impales you, it's a goddamn horn. <laughs> But, maybe maybe yes. I should call myself Narwhal. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel so educated now. One other thing that I kind of like too, um, there's a scene in the mailroom. Do you guys remember the scene in the mailroom? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when you're watching this, just when you're watching this, and Buddy's talking to the other dude, and he thinks he has maple syrup that he's pouring into his coffee, which is actually liquor. Right. But, you know, Buddy pours it into, their, into his cup of coffee as well. And then it kind of goes to like them kind of relaxing or chilling out in these little like mail carts. And the other actor says he's 26 years old. Right. Did they ever weird you guys out? Yeah, he's not 26 at all. Uh, no, 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 not at all. Obviously, it's a joke. Yeah, but it's weird because in the movie, John Favreau, not John Favre, he shot this this part, and the exact. Can we get the clear? I think he's related to Brett Favre. I really. Okay, do. All right. Let's. All right. Mugga, say Favreau. I can't. Fav. Fav. Ro. Ro. Favreau. Favre. <laughs> I don't want to do it, dude. I can't, Close. I can't do it. The execs of the studio had a real issue with this scene. They said it didn't it didn't well, fit. They didn't understand it. Like you, they didn't get it. Yeah, kind of like me. I was yeah. like, this doesn't make sense. But John Favreau was like, that's the whole point. Like, it's supposed to be funny. So, like, he pushed for it to keep it. And that's the only reason it stayed in the movie. Right. It's because it's so awkward and it weirded them out that he's like, no, this is why it's staying because it weirds people out. I kind of looked it up. His name's Mark Akison. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's actually 46 at the time. He's not really 26. Wow, wow. Um, but I, I just I just thought that part was interesting. Um, so, Jason, I think if you look deeper into that, that dude is definitely like one of his AA partners or something from back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're just trying to give your friend a job. A, you're going to be getting some camera time, you know, alcoholic mailroom or whatever. There it is. There it is. One can before you finish, can yeah, I do yeah. a behind the scene thing real quick? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. The last day of shooting for this movie, they literally said, Will Ferrell, here's your elf costume. Here's that. Go around Manhattan, New York. That's part of the movie. It, it really kind of is, it, you know, it's but really it's kind of, it's yeah. like, whoa, like I, I guess when he's grabbing the brochures off that one guy or hopping along the the street and all that is like, hey, we're just going to film you being Will Ferrell, like in an elf costume. How badass would it have been though to be like in Manhattan to see that happening? Like I was there. You well, know? and a lot of know. those people were just random people on the street. Yeah. Like obviously they got permission to use the footage, but imagine just walking by and then like ending up in a film like this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not a great film, but I mean, in a film nonetheless. <laughs> it's a like, film nonetheless. Yeah. But I, they didn't close anything down. They didn't do anything like that. They just, no. no. Just they had a camera and just camera. go. But I go. mean, natural reactions though are, you know, yeah, they are the, the best, best photography. There well, you go. Well, I mean, like, because when they're doing that, it's 
literally just a cameraman, John Favreau, and and Will Ferrell. That's right. all it is out there doing it. In an elf costume. In an elf costume. <laughs> There's one scene where he's walking up to a man resembling Santa running in a red suit. And he goes up to him. That guy is not told anything before this happens. Right, yeah. Will Ferrell literally just <laughs> runs up to him and says, Santa? And like lifts off his little earmuff. And the guy has no idea what's going on. So I, I really like that a lot of these reactions. He are, had to have been paid some money, right? I don't know. They say he was not knowing of any of this going on at all. The My question is, the Empire State revolving door, is that something they also shot or is that... A whole set. Do they actually do that at the Empire State Building? Does anyone know? That I don't know. I'm not it, sure. it looks a lot like the inside of the Empire. I, I heard because I've never been to New York. You have, right? Yeah. Is it? Is that what the Empire State Building looks like? Uh, I mean, when you're on the in, when they show the scenes from the inside, it resembles it almost identically. I'm, I'm wondering yeah, if it is. Almost I'm, I'm wondering if it is. I'm, yeah. I'm curious now. I mean, it was stupid. He just keeps running around. But hey, you know, it, 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 we're talking about Elf. Well, the, the thing <laughs> is too. Like I think they because they they shot in a, a couple different places. Vancouver. They shot in New York. But when they go do the scenes where they're ice skating and they're at Rockefeller center like they really shoot there yes, yes but the weird thing is that they only had four hours to shoot yes so like they told him hey you can shoot here you get four hours you have to start at midnight and that's all they got they got one take to do the ice skating scene they penned up to the the christmas tree i thought that was kind of interesting too i mean there's there's lots of cool behind the scenes stuff with this movie unfortunately it sucks but i mean there's lots of cool <laughs> stuff um as you can tell, we really don't care for this movie other than uh, TJ. Uh, yeah, I'm a minority once again. I like this movie, but <laughs> I, sw- to I, sw- the club. Two, yeah. I just want to say two more silly things and I'll pass off. I know I've been talking for a while here. Um, you haven't even got your treasure treasure yet. I, I know. <laughs> this is how great you have I, like, I, looked at I, this movie. I'm, I'm only so through half my notes. to hear everyone's treasure because I feel like you guys are going to have to really dig deep. I really have a good treasure, though. There's right, something okay. I really like about this movie. See, I'm afraid to say anything because I don't want to steal it from someone. So I'll say one funny thing. Phase on Love, we were talking about a couple minutes ago. It was in kind Wedding of, Crashers and the replacements. And the replacements. If people don't know who he is, there it is. Couples retreat. When you when you, and and couples retreat. Yes. <laughs> yes. What did I say? Wedding Crashers. Oh, he's not in Wedding Crashers. My bad. He's in fucking Couples oh, okay. Retreat. <laughs> yeah, he's not in. With, he's not in Wedding with, Crashers. My with bad. John Favreau. Terrible. With right, John, John Favreau. Favre. Sorry, man. <laughs> okay, so my last thing is, it was kind of funny. There's a scene when you look up Phase on Love in this movie. His only credit is. Gimbal's manager. So he does not have a real name, but the first time that they pan up, the camera goes to him, his name tag says Wanda. I just thought that was kind of funny. No, it doesn't. Swear it to does. God. Yeah. The wow. first time it goes on phase on love, well, it says Wanda. That's weird. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> don't, don't even start. <laughs> Insert drum. TJ, do you, yeah. <laughs> TJ, how do you feel about this? About what? The, his name tag Wanda. Wanda? Yeah, because yeah. I Wanda know. I mean... <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's probably one of the mistakes that you guys... One of the mistakes. Just one. Just one of the mistakes. Just one of the mistakes. Uh, The other... Another fact about this movie is that Zoe Deschanel's singing in the film was not actually part of the original script. They added it later once they found out that Zoe was a pretty strong singer. Was she? She's yes, in a, she's in a she band. Is. I think she's amazing. No, we she's, can edit vocals. She's in a, she's in a band, though. Debatable. We Debatable. can edit vocals. No, what I'm saying, like, she's actually in a band. I, I think it's Doesn't called, mean like, you're great. Look at Nickelback. It's him and her? It's him That's and her. a band? Yeah. It's like a little indie band, right? Yeah. Kerwin, just because you're in a band doesn't mean you're great. Yeah. I.e. Nickelback. Yeah, that's true. Wait, whoa. That's, that's for whoa. damn sure I agree with that. I'm on. just saying. Keep it coming. Nickelback, I'm just saying. Creed, all that shit. Get Nickelback is underrated. 
Oh, we're calling them iconic, like this all movie. Right, all right, let's <laughs> let's let's get back on track. Okay. The other thing we talked a lot about the director's sort of preference to use practical visual effects versus CGI, which is the case in almost every scene, with the exception of when there is snow. In almost every scene that there was snow, it was all CGI. Yeah, I totally agree. Why you? I don't understand why you're laughing. Are you okay? Because well, we, you agree with what? That's just what it is. <laughs> no, I, I, I like it. Like, I'm saying I like it. Like, I don't think Muggo's paying attention to that part. <laughs> Cut that out. Well, no one else fucking said anything. Well, about the snow, right? Of yeah. course, everybody knows about the snowball fight. I, I, I get it. What about, what about it? The, the snow at the North Pole. I thought it was interesting how they scored that. It was at the you North know, Pole. I thought the snowball fight was... Oh, no, the snow. I'm, you're right, you're yeah, right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. actual snow. You know, that whole set that they do up there. Just some of the sound effects and stuff that, you know, where they come up with these noises and shit like that. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. What did, I'll, what did, I'll give Elf one point for that. What, what did they use to make the snow sound? So there's tons of stuff, man. They actually brought in snow, okay. right? Like for artificial snow. They also use kitty litter. And believe it or not, cornstarch in a mitt. Just Sounds like snow. That's what you're it saying. Sounds like snow, dude. You know, you, okay, you, you have anybody walked on fresh powder? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you know it's not just like... It's like... You know, it doesn't sound like toots and it's farts like crunch, and shit, right? Like, yeah, there's... What? Toots and farts? Yes. There's, what does that sound like? Is there a difference? Or? Well, you know, there's that little crunch to it, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not just, you know like that kitty letter sound, but yeah, there's that ice. little screeching, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? And so I thought it was interesting that they use cornstarch in a mitt, you know what I mean? To squeeze it together. Like how do you to come up with that? Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know? So it's little things like that, some of the, you know, orchestra pieces and things like that, but that's stuff that you got to dig deep for this dumbass movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other thing, if we're talking about digging deep, the 12 second burp that Buddy does real. after he- It was real. It was real. Real. And done okay. by the- done by But Clever. not by Will Ferrell. Clever. No, done by the voice actor who does Pinky in the Brain. He's Pinky. Oh, okay. So if the burp sounds familiar, yeah, you heard him in Pinky in the Brain. Okay, so I was reading it and he talks about how he creates the sound. And I don't know if this is 100%. I, I don't know if it's even his words, but he says that it's not actually a burp. This is how he describes it. He turns his tongue inside out. And I'm just saying what he what this article said. And he traps air in his chest cavity and lets it out slowly. So it's not really a burp, but it's just something he learned he could do and lets it out really slowly to create that burp sound. Did you guys find that anywhere? I have no, never I did, heard I did of not this. see that. Ever. That's like a, a gassy fart out the mouth, dude. I mean, that's disgusting. That's what a burp is. It, it is, but it's weird that he describes it turning his tongue inside out. I, I don't even know what that means. So I'm going to leave it at that. I mean, have you guys ever like burped on command though? You know what I mean? Like you just but not for you 12 got the seconds. hiccups or something. Yeah, but I mean. I, I, I think 12 is lowballing. I thought it was more than that. No, I think it's 12. I think it's, it's 12 I think and then you time it, it right? is 12 seconds. Well, everything that I read said this 12 epic seconds. 12 second. It is that, they, and I heard it was a real burp, not it, by though? Will Ferrell, but someone else. Yeah. Don't they loop it to make it seem longer? No, no, no it was no. just like a guy for twelve seconds. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's impressive. I want I mean, to talk about yeah. America's got. Right Does anyone else have any behind the scenes stuff? I mean, are we anyone got anything? Because I got one thing that I would love to bring up: the voice of Ed Asner, who also did Up. I mean, he was the one that narrates the movie, right? I, 
Did anyone no, know he was he also the? Narr- he's Santa. He doesn't narrate it. Oh, I'm sorry. He is. He is Santa. He's Santa. He's the guy that is in Up. Has anyone ever noticed that? I think that's like the craziest thing in the world. I, like I only noticed it when you told me. After oh, that's we when. Yeah. yeah. So this movie was made in 2003. I think Up is what 2013, 14. I don't. I don't even know. But I thought that was kind of cool. It's like this guy literally like still he, in the business and Ed doing Asner's stuff. Really yeah. famous. He's what, famous. What else has he done though? I don't. I have no idea. Uh, Mary Tyler Moore Show is okay. what I recognized him from. But okay. he's been in a ton of other things. I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Pull I, don't, I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. The guy from Up, you know, like was actually in this movie. But whatever. Well, he's actually known for you know roots and shit like that. So he's pretty well known. But yeah, you're right. It is kind of cool that he's in you know a different genre of movie like trash. Um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh. He, you know, he always. I mean, at least in what I've seen him in, he always kind of plays the sort of the grump, the grump. Of the right. film. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he played a... I don't know if anybody's watched the Spider-Man cartoon from the 90s. He's the voice of J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Also on Gargoyles? Yeah. Let's get into our movie experience with Elf. Mugga, why don't you tell us about your experience? So, <laughs> you know, what's funny about this movie is that... Nothing. Yeah, nothing. There's nothing funny. You guys are the worst. It, it, well, this movie is the worst. I, I, I literally... <laughs> I've never watched it in full. I never have. And I've seen scenes. I own it um, by default. My dad gave me a bunch of Blu-rays. He said, I'm getting real, and I have it. That's why I have it. But I've never actually watched in full until a lot of us one night decided to watch in full. Corinne, you fell asleep. It's the only thing I kind of remember about this movie. Like, it's like you fell asleep during it, you know? And Thank goodness. Yeah, I, I, I just... That was my experience. I really have nothing to like say positive about this experience. Like, I, I don't think it's good. Everyone references it. I, I, I don't understand. I mean, yeah, that, that's, 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 what, that's what I'm gonna go with. I don't, I don't care at all. <laughs> like, it was a bad experience and you fell asleep and you made me deal with it. Whatever, fuck it. Jason, uh, tell us about your experience with Elf. Um, again, I'm not a big fan of this movie, so I avoided it like the plague for a long time. I guess the first time I really watched it was I had a, a, an old boss, and she really loved the movie. So she lived in an apartment complex where they had a private movie theater they could rent out. So in our meeting in December, we had she rented it out, and she's like, "We're gonna we're gonna watch a movie. This is we're gonna do a half half day meeting, half day watch this movie." And I was I was I was slightly frightened because I already knew this was her favorite movie and she wouldn't tell us what we're going to watch until we got until we got this little theater and lo and behold it was this travesty Elf. You, you poor thing see you just, guys, hey you we're guys, here for you man we're yeah. here for you yeah. you guys yeah. developed your opinions before you actually saw the film TJ it sucks <laughs> alright well, come on. that's usually what happens when you see a trailer or well, already, a commercial yeah, you know I, what I, I mean yeah like like Rich is saying I, I saw previews I saw the trailer I learned I knew to avoid it and I was I was stuck. I couldn't get out of this, so I had to watch it. And then, like we were talking about earlier, we watched it the other night, and it was just like, I don't want to get into it. But I, I did watch it again. <laughs> we are getting into for the it. second time. Yeah, we have uh, to get into it fully through it uh, just the other night. So I mean, that, that's my experience. Okay, TJ, tell us about your experience with Elf. All right. Well, I did not see this movie in theaters when I saw the previews. I was just like, oh, that's not really something that I need to see. But you know. Over the years, you kind of catch pieces of it on on TV, and you know it always plays at uh, Christmas time. So eventually, I sat through the entire film, and I was like, "This is not this is not bad. I like this film." So now I just watch it every Christmas, and Mugga's looking at me like I'm crazy. But it's not that bad. I like the movie. Debatable. 
No, that no, that I'm that's not debatable. Yeah, we'll get you debatable. It's trash. <laughs> Rich, uh, Rich, tell us your experience with Elf. So this movie, I mean, kind of like Jason, I saw previews and I just thought, you know, I'm going to avoid this. You know, this movie actually came out on my mom's birthday. Right. It was a Friday, um, the 7th. And I was just like, there's a million other things that I can do right now than to watch Elf. So for me, it kind of just lagged until uh, it came out on Netflix. And yeah, Netflix and chill. I watched Elf. <laughs> so you didn't watch it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it does have its parts, but let's be real. I mean, it's Elf. I, I laughed one time during it. And I'm, I'm don't That's get me when wrong. Will Ferrell am, gets hit by a taxi cab. I am a Will Ferrell fan, but so am I. So am I. Fuck, like, where would I have a chance to just, hey, let's go see Elf? You know, it's just, it's not up there. To be with, fair, I also don't think like to be fair, a group of like twenty-something-year-old guys is the intended audience of this movie. Uh, so my experience with this film, I didn't know it was a movie for a very long time. Um, you didn't movie, know it was a movie. <laughs> I did not know this was a movie for a very long time. Uh, this movie came out November 7th, 1993, or no, 2003. What? 2003, yeah. Sorry, yeah. This movie came out November 7th, 2003, and I remember that week, uh, for one thing, Matrix 3 came out on my birthday, and that's the movie I went to go see. That's the movie anybody with a brain went to go see. I uh, didn't know this was a movie for the longest time. Uh, I first heard about it in college. People would talk about it all the time. People would talk about it all the time at work. Didn't know Will Ferrell was in it until much later. So didn't know it was a movie, didn't know who was in it. You know, people just kept talking about it at work last year. And I said, you know what? Exactly a year ago, Christmas time, I said, you know what? Let me watch Elf. Let me watch Elf and see what everybody's talking about. I like Will Ferrell's movies. Most of them can't be that bad. I was wrong. <laughs> And I can't believe I rented it. It wasn't on Netflix, so I said I'd pay for it. And you paid. Yeah, I, you know what? People, <laughs> yo, Will Ferrell, I like Will Ferrell, and people say it's good. Oh, and I will, I will never trust people or Will Ferrell. <laughs> Current, I watched it for free, and I was ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I want my money back. But um, yeah, so I watched it the first time a year ago. Um, didn't really see the appeal of it. And then uh, Jay... TJ, Muggs, and I, we all got together two nights ago and tried to watch it. Um, I fell asleep, and that was the best part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Minus Will Ferrell getting hit by the taxi? Yeah, that's the only part I laughed at. We actually laughed. We yeah. actually laughed. And I laughed at the narwhal just popping up out of the water, but that's, yeah, we'll save that for uh, Trash and Treasure. All right. All right, so speaking of Trash and Treasure, let's get right to it. Mugga, what's your Trash and Treasure for this film? <sighs> Man, I feel like we're is... only going to have, like, like three people in a row just talking about trash. No, there's a part that. Can you let me yeah, do my treasure treasure? Give us a treasure? chance, God. Jesus. Bro, just can you back the fuck right, up? Right. Seriously, man, you need some positivity. Yeah, that's oh, what you need I to drink do? right now. Yeah. My my treasure of this movie, I really did like the fact that for the North Pole scene, with there was two sets, they used two. You know, I mean, me being a math person. The whole scale thing, they made one that was small, one that was big, and the angles that they did to try to like, basically from what I was like reading, seeing um, Will Ferrell's character as well as Santa were human size, which was very larger compared to the elves. I, I don't know. I thought the editor did a good job on that. I, I, I don't know. I think that that is something that can be considered like, hey, this is it was, it was done great. All that stuff, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a nice. Do you guys agree? Effect. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it was effect. a nice effect. Yeah. It was like and it was the, done well. It was really Identical. done well Identical. because he John Fa 
sorry, Favre, call me out. Call him John. John from Swingers did not want to use CGI. He wanted it to be real life, all that stuff. So I really like admire it for this. The editing part in this whole sequence of like when you're going back and forth from these sets, I thought was well done, you know. But then it really goes into my trash, you know. There's a lot of editing mistakes. Can I just bring up a few? Do you guys mind if I just bring up a few? Bring all of them up. Yeah. Bring them up, please. So at the very beginning of the movie, the baby, right, has a baby diaper, which you can see, you know, like some sort of emblem. And all of a sudden, the like blanket that the baby has is over it. How does a baby, does it, just watch, watch the scene, but there's an editing part where the blanket is not on the baby, then it's on the baby. Um, the Coke bottle, where he tries to slam the entire thing, it's in front of James Kahn's character. And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, Will Ferrell's like pounding it without even, it's like David Copperfield magic, where he just like totally takes it. Um, the picture in the fight scene, where the little, what's the correct political term when you guys refer to these? A little person. A uh, little, little person. person. There yeah. you go. This is probably the biggest S- mistake, right? It, it, yeah. He slams Will Ferrell on the table, then throws him off, and he kicks a, an actual picture down, and it cuts to like the actual employees, I guess, of this company. The picture's back up. And then when you go back to it, the picture's back down. So it's really bad, all that stuff. Um there's one though the, the snowball fight I'm not even getting into because there's an extra that, the, that they actually caught on camera sorry not an extra an actually employee of the movie where he gets caught and he like knows he's caught goes back in they never edited it out it's where Will Ferrell's trying to meet up with his like younger brother at the time and they actually catch someone in the movie like right then and there and he like tries to duck out of it I, I don't understand how they didn't if I'm that guy I'm like hey I was in the I was in the frame. Cut it out. Do another one. You know, but whatever. He didn't even own it though. Did he? You know he didn't I mean? even own it. It's just like they just kept going. It's it's in the movie. Just just watch it. But here's my thing. There's one scene. It's not even that big of an editing mistake. It's when he does that stupid. I love you. I love you. I, I hate that part. It's, I'm cringeworthy. Where he's talking to his dad, Will Ferrell's character or Buddy the Elf, talking to his dad. And in the background, there's one girl that works for the company that has a book. The opening scene. She has it tight, tucked away. The middle scene, it's very, very well exposed. The third scene, it's very backly tight cut. And so you could tell, hey, there's a mistake. When you watch the extras on the movie or the DVD, Blu-ray, whatever it is, it has John Favre, whatever you want to call him. You <laughs> that know? was better. Yeah. Jesus. And better. the editor <laughs> go better. down the line of like, hey... Here's what we like. We don't like the middle part of this scene. We actually like the other part. So we're going to cut this. It literally shows them making the mistake. And I'm like, this is my trash. Like, it's just like, literally, you can tell it's a big mistake. But in the DVD extra specials, like it has them creating the mistake and going down the line. Then they say, hey, here's what we like. Check it out. And it's like, you can clearly see the mistake. And I'm like... Motherfuckers, (laughs) Motherfuckers, like <laughs> it's right there. How Trash. are you guys not seeing it, dude? Well, like, that's that's the thing too, because like when we talk about the behind the scenes, and there was a lot of it. it seems like John Favreau really was meticulous and thoughtful about a lot of the details of this film, like who to involve and trying to kind of create the perfect Christmas film, if you will, by including a lot of things that people can relate to right. or love from their past. You know, with that thoughtfulness involved in his filmmaking, I'm kind of wondering, how do you miss those things? Dude, it's in the, 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 the extra deleted, yeah, like, man, they're sitting the down making, looking They're literally sitting yeah. down, I'm watching, I'm like, I'm like, and I'm with Rich, I'm like, Rich, this is where they make it. Like, I already knew about the mistake. Then they're showing how they're cutting it. I'm like, they're literally documenting 
the mistake that they're making and maybe the, it was horrible on like the middle well, part the point on that mugs like we looking at it and it's like she's wearing this doo-doo brown outfit right and <laughs> yeah. she has his bright blue book you know what i mean and it's just very noticeable and you know only I mean? one third of the parts right exactly <laughs> yeah. and then they tell us oh we like the beginning of him singing here We'll cut and then we'll we like the ending very much, so we'll put that in there too. And then the you book see is the, so the noticeable. trash in the middle, and it's just yeah, it's just it's like okay, you make a mistake, but they put it on the behind the scenes making of Elf. Like oh, here's what we did. I'm like, you're showing the fucking mistake. I, I, I don't know, that's trash. I, I, I had I had I, I really like lost my shit there. I'm sorry, you know. From what I read though, because that's when Buddy first meets Walter. Right? Yes. That song that he sings is completely improvised. 100%. 100%. So I think that maybe that's why they cut. I mean, they probably did a take. I don't know if they showed that. But I don't think he's singing on that one that they cut at. I think he yeah, just. Where the part where the book is, uh, I think it was covered. Exposed, up, yeah. Or exposed, yeah, one of the two. You notice he's not singing in that part. Okay, okay. And they do cut to uh, Khan, you know what I mean? Kind of looking at his desk or whatever. And then they cut back to Buddy. And it's just, I, I, I get it, like the camera's perfect. It's just, you can tell this Asian lady, excuse me, is just messing with this book for whatever reason. You know what I mean? And it's just one of those things where she has like a coat over it at first, and then it's outside of the coat, and then it's back under the coat. And it's just, it's just so weird. Just check it out when you see it. That's all I had. I mean, I, I just literally drove me nuts. It's like they literally showed the mist. I don't know. That was one thing I did not like. Okay. Of many. <laughs> All right, Jason, what's your trash and treasure for this film? So my treasure will be short and sweet. My trash will be long and lengthy. Um, <laughs> That's what my she said. I'll start off my treasure. I'll start off on a good note. There is one part, and it's in the scene where John Favreau, or John Favre, as Mugga says, is the doctor. And they're doing the paternity test, and they come to prick buddy's finger yeah. to draw blood i guess james Conn not knowing they he knew what was going to happen in the scene but he did not know will ferrell's reaction so <laughs> it's kind of funny when you watch the scene john favreau goes to prick uh, will ferrell's finger and will ferrell erupts with like a scream that is ungodly and james Conn actually breaks character uh. he starts to laugh he starts to just kind of lose it, and they kept that scene. I mean, of course, James Conn's facing away from you, but you see him laughing. Like, they, they didn't cut that from the movie. So I guess overall, like, as obnoxious, oh, my God, as obnoxious as Will Ferrell is in the movie, there is some stuff that he does well that I think helps the movie. I mean, th that's kind of my trash and treasure. Uh, I mean, like, when Buddy stops talking and he's looking at people – his eyes get so big that he, I mean, TJ, you don't think he looks psychotic sometimes when he's just like staring at people with that fucking smile? Like you don't No, because I'm not looking for things to dislike about this film. Okay. Well, I don't know. There's something weird about you it. You should. <laughs> Trash. Yeah. My, my other, my other small treasure, I mean, not small, but it's probably my biggest treasure is the homage that they pay to so many different Yeah. I think um, they movies. did a good job. Rudolph Reynolds reindeer, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm, yeah. I feel like there's so many movies that they pay homage to that I I, I, I kind of like that. I think that kind of makes. I mean, I didn't I didn't realize it at first, but after doing some of this research, I, I kind of see like okay, that that is kind of cool that they kind of did that. One thing that bugs me, and I'll and I'll, I'll keep it short. Buddy clearly knows 
that he has to take a shower to be clean. And when he takes a shower, he has to be naked, right? You get in the shower, they show a scene of him. In the shower, it's a, it's, it's a shower oh, made for North an elf. Yeah. yeah, it's a shower in the North Pole made for an elf. Yeah. But it, it's small, he's cramped, I get it, but he's naked in it. They yeah. don't show him, but he's, like, he knows how to take a shower. He knows what happens. Yeah. So when he goes to Gimbel's and Zoe Deschanel is in the shower and he, he walks over to it because he hears her singing. So he walks towards it and he starts kind of trying to, you know, sing with her. And it's interesting, but she kind of gets freaked out. But he makes a comment like, how was I supposed to know you were going to be naked? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of weird. It's like, okay, we just watched you go through all these things at the North Pole. But how, like, do you not have the self-awareness to know that, hey, you hear a girl singing, you hear a shower running. Like, he's not deaf. He walks in there and... It's kind of like some weird inconsistencies because he's at the North Pole. They're not making wooden horses anymore. Which he can make out of an entertainment center, yeah. right? Like he's making probably, I mean, they show Mr. Potato Head, Etch-a-Sketch, all kinds of like weird, like kind not, not super sophisticated, but sophisticated enough different toys that he should know, like, I don't know, just, just. Like knowing his surroundings, knowing how the world works, I just feel like it's kind of inconsistent, personally. No, you're right. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's kind I of do weird. Agree with you. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely trash. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I'll pass it on. All right. TJ, uh, what's your trash and treasure for Elf? All right. Well, Let, let's hear this treasure, baby. I mean, yeah, it's not as, you know. I don't hate this film, as everyone knows. The the one thing that I did dislike after watching it was Santa's a he's a grump as Ed Asner plays in most of the his parts. Um, it, it's a little bit interesting to hear some of you guys talk about how like the bullying was cut because they wanted the uh, North Pole to seem you know like everything was happy and everything was positive. Uh, when Santa himself is uh, pretty much a grumpy old man. Uh, so that was the kind of thing, just because it obviously goes against everything that we think about when we think about Santa. My treasure for this film is the score. I I agree. It, it's really good. It's really good. It really is good. Um, it, the score makes me happy. It, mm. it reminds me of Christmas. It's it a family movie. Holiday. Family it's a family movie. Family movie. Yeah. And um, and it's just really uplifting. Like especially like at the very end when they when Santa finally takes flight in Central Park. Uh, it, it was that, Vancouver. That it was score. Vancouver. It was in Central Park. It was Vancouver. Okay. Or in a set. Film, it was, in the film, it <laughs> no, was No, I get it. Park. I get it. I'm just, I'm just um, telling you. And uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and so that, to me, you know, when I hear that music, it makes me happy. It does what a Christmas movie should do, which is kind of lift your spirits. So I appreciated the score in this film. I think they did a really great job. All right. I mean, that's it, right? That's all you got? That's all I got. I mean, you're the guy that's you're supposed the, to like uplift this. That's I mean, all you got. That's, that's my yeah. that's my one. That's the one thing that I like the best. I mean, like I talked about, like I feel like this this is a Christmas movie. I think it does everything that Christmas movies are supposed that's to true. do. Yeah. I don't think that they're you know uh, you know we can talk about how it's an awful movie. I think for a Christmas movie, it's a really good movie. Yeah, like it has its objective and it achieves its objective. I think that yeah. like yeah, and I think like the entire plot of it kind of like circles back and again, paying homage to all of the older Christmas movies. Um, I, I think they did what they wanted to do with this mm. film, so. Well, they made money, yeah, they made money. For sure. It's and true. like people who watch this film generally like it. Like it's generally positive reviews. Which I don't get. You guys are in the minority. It. I don't I, get I'm it. the minority in this room, but yeah. generally speaking, you guys are in the minority by just uh. hating this film. 
Rich, uh, what's your trash and treasure for this movie? What would you like to hear first? Um, save the best for last, so treasure first, please. <laughs> treasure? One thing I do like about this movie, and of course it goes into detail with like all the extras and stuff, but I like the natural reactions that are on film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I just, I, I genuinely City, yeah. like that. I, I love that kind of, you know, you know, just display of, of the authenticity of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that they left that in some I, I, I could have did without, you know what I mean? They, it seems like they try to go overboard, but I thought that that was a real treasure. Like you see natural reactions of people, you know, if I saw the fight fucking, scene with the Santa, the Jack in the box. Yeah. The, but like, was, yeah. You, like you could tell, I mean, we've all played with Jack in the boxes before, right? You know what I mean? You could tell, you kind of know when it's going to pop, when it's not, yeah. but you know, Will Ferrell, just kind of like, you know, just this his his um, anxiety with it. Just yeah. kind of it, it portrays into that character of, of Buddy the Elf, and just I mean, I mean, if you've seen a fucking elf in New York City, you know, <laughs> literally jumping on just the white parts of a crosswalk, <laughs> I, I would just laugh. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it just is is it's that inner child that you kind of look at. Yeah. You know, that was a good point of this movie, especially in, you know, 2003 at the time, yeah. I guess. Um trash. Here we go. Uh, Here yeah. we go. Trash. Just say it one more time. Say the say the word. Trash. Um there's a lot. Where okay, and if Where you start? if you if you pull up elf in the dictionary, I guarantee you the definition is just trash. This movie was so bad. I mean, granted, like, I, I didn't see it until, you know, later, you know, in life where I was older. But just looking at it, it's just bad editing. You know, and you can obviously point out a lot of the mistakes. Listen, the snowball fight, that CGI bio go-go gadget arm that Buddy obviously <laughs> developed. Like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? It was just one of those things where I was just like, okay, you... you the Trash. whole movie, you know what I mean? <laughs> you do this dope little Muppet thing from the North Pole, you know, with these little clay guys, right? But then you want to throw in a CGI arm that is throwing pitches like Nolan Ryan out here. What the hell? I think I, th I have to kind of agree with you because it is kind of weird. Like he keeps saying, like, oh, well, they keep saying, like, oh, he's a human, he's not an elf. But then they he's create got this, superpowers, dude. As you say, Come go on. go gadget arm to throw these snowballs. I totally agree with you. That's kind of weird. Did you see how fast he made them damn snowballs? Well, no, yeah. you never see it. It was so fast. It I, just so happened off camera. And here's the crazy part, right? We talk about the bullying and everything. You want to talk about putting down a kid's self esteem, right? <laughs> Here's this little boy trying to put together one fucking snowball and Buddy walks over with 30 of them. You know what I mean? Come on, man. It's just, it's trash, trash, trash. I, yeah, that would hurt my self-esteem. I, would just I made one. Like, How many you got? 30. Yeah, my older brother's just kicking ass making snowballs. Like, yeah. come on. You know, it was just, uh, it was just some things I, I could have dealt without, but uh, I mean, I guess we'll go with, in the detail as far as the rating I'm going to give this trash ass movie <laughs> I bet I know alright here we go what about you Kerwin how, how right. you feeling about this <laughs> oh man wish I was asleep um, well you were when we watched it yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you yeah money well spent yeah um, so oh man alright my treasure with this movie I'm going to give props to uh, the amount of thoughtfulness that went into it 
on the director's part and the crew you know it's not necessarily with the plot or the movie itself but the making of it i do appreciate all the thoughtfulness that went into bringing back the uh the old school stop motion christmas aesthetic to everything i definitely appreciated that Will Ferrell, you know, is as silly as this movie is, I got to say, man, like he is going 100 percent at all times in his role as Buddy. And he he sells me on this character that I that I do not really have any sort of attachment to. But like he's he's selling me on being a big, silly, stupid elf. Like he's selling me on it. He's playing the role right. Yeah. Um, I so I do appreciate that. But trash with this movie, uh, going back to what you guys all said, is the inconsistency. I did have some notes on that that I kept. So Buddy gets to New York, and he's fascinated by an elevator, an intercom, uh, and an escalator, among other things that he that he sees in modern-day New York. Early on, he's actually in a class in which elves are learning to put together highly sophisticated electronic toys that most kids would purchase nowadays. So how is he taking classes on building computer chips and making software and all that other stuff, but an elevator makes him go crazy? Or a revolving door. Or a revolving door. I don't, I I don't that. understand that. There's not a lot of, it's not a lot of uh, consistency with all that. It's trash. Um, but he is shown to be highly inefficient at uh, building whatever toy he's building. etch sketches Yeah, like an etch sketch sketch Which he's, is really cool how they like, portrayed that with the whole scale thing but yeah like, trash he's he's shown to be terribly he's he's bad at his job but he's bad at his job but he gets to new york and he decorates the entire upstairs of gimbals puts together awesome lego sets decorates the hell out of that place in less than 10 hours less than 10 hours but can only so do ma- 84 etch-a-sketches i get exactly imagine how saying. fast an elf could do it yeah, but <laughs> that's true. He's got superpowers. But like man. he was he was just failing miserably and I, I I don't understand, you know, where's the where's the consistency with all that? Other than that, like a lot of the stuff a lot of the stuff just wasn't funny. Like they had the two twin elves, um, you know how they try to finish each other's sentences? Yeah. Not in sync. Nope. There's like a there's like I, a half second pause. Yeah. 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 Um just I, I don't find this movie to be particularly funny. Um, well, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. I I think the plot is pretty you know cut and paste. It is a Christmas movie. There's a formula. Sometimes movies are just a victim of the the story they want to tell or the genre. But yeah, like this movie doesn't have anything going for it other than it's wet, red, white, and green, and you play it when it's cold outside, and that's about it. Yeah, like, I don't see anything I spectacular. Agree. I agree. So, but yeah, I guess you could say my treasure is that the movie's over. I'm not watching it right now. So <laughs> thank. God. Yeah, I, I just peeked over at Kerwin's notes. His his trash is the movie itself. His treasure is that it's over. Short there and we sweet. Go. That's how he feels about it. Kind of wish the movie was the same way, but it wasn't. Uh, thank goodness there was no sequel. Yeah. Thanks, Will Ferrell. <laughs> Twenty nine million. Down he did us a favor, guys. He did us a favor. Hey, he took one for the team. Yeah. I appreciate that. He knew his trash. Yeah. All right, so uh, everybody ready to give their final uh, ticket prices? I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm kind of ready, but here we go. Are we stuck to, you know, certain numbers? Zero, five, Is zero, ten, five, zero five, ten. Should I go any higher for this movie? I mean, I don't <laughs> Let's not. All right. All right, so, Mugga, how much would you pay to watch Elf? So, <laughs> wow. I mean, this is bad. I... I because of the whole editing on the sets itself and all that, I'm only going to give this a five. I, I, I have to. I couldn't. I want to give it a zero, 
But I, I, I really thought with the set motion design, all that stuff, I think I'm still just going to give it a five. I give it some credit, but that's all I can give it. Five dollars. So if you didn't do the research mm-hmm. and you just watched the movie. Zero. I know what you're asking. Zero. I had to ask. Zero. I had to ask. I mean, I, I think this movie's horrible. I, I just, I don't get it. I, all of my friends love it. I don't, I laughed one time, one time. And, and it was because I think I needed to laugh. <laughs> I don't know, you know, like, like it's not, it's not good. Like, and other than that, the story, I, yeah, sorry, my bad. I'm going off on a tangent. $5 is what I'm doing. Jason, how much are you paying to see Elf? So this is something I kind of saved too for the end, but... I don't know if you guys knew this, but the original ending was supposed to be way different. Oh. Oh, really? The different was the difference was supposed to be way more dramatic. So what was supposed to happen was it was supposed to be like um, Anderson Cooper doing like CNN coverage. Uh, there's supposed to be like a gunfight between Buddy and some cops, and then the final scene was supposed to be Buddy diving off the top of the Empire State Building of onto course. a of helicopter. Course, of course. Yes. Was his name Ethan Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We waited all the way till this point to talk about Tom Cruise. But, I mean, I don't know. I When I watched the movie, even before I watched it, I gave it a zero. After watching it, I still gave it a zero. I think doing Go some... Go with it. Go with it. No, no, no. I think doing some of the research, I think there's some cool stuff where they, they really, like mirror off some of the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the, the, the stop motion. I think John Favreau did a great job doing some of the um, the filming of it. I, I think I have to go five bucks. I think I have to go five dollars, unfortunately. Uh, I was walking into this thinking zero, but like I said, after the research, I'm going to go five bucks. TJ, what are you paying to watch Elf? All right. Well, as I as I said before, look, I mean, it's a it's a family Christmas movie. I think that it does what it what it's intended to do. It makes you happy. It, it lifts your spirits. It it has a good story. Lifts your I, spirits. Yeah, like okay. yes, it's a okay. Christmas movie. Okay. Um, spirits as in drinking much. <laughs> drinking. Uh, <laughs> lifts your spirits up to your mouth <laughs> so you can mouth. pound yeah. them so you don't have to remember this movie. Um, oh no, look, I, I think that they did a great job. Like Jason, I really like the the uh, nostalgia that you know, bringing in some of the sort of claymation and some of the effects from things that we know from other Christmas movies. Uh, I, I really like the film. Like I said, when it's on TV, I'm always watching it. With I, who? By myself. Okay. You, poor, you poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Uh, anyways, anyways, What did you do to deserve anyways, that punishment? Uh, I think it's solid for a Christmas movie. It's not the greatest movie, but I definitely don't think it's as awful as you guys are all making it out to seem. Uh, so I would pay $15 to see this film. What? Wow. Hey, I didn't talk shit about your $5. You Trash. don't talk shit about my 15 He's just trying to boost the ratings. Oh, I am Trash. just trying to boost the ratings a little bit. <laughs> we got an elf apologist in here. So, Rich, you're not apologetic about uh, you, how you feel about elf. Uh, Absolutely, fucking Lucas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you paying to watch elf? So here's, here's my take on it, okay? Um... Based off of, you know, the trailer, previews, that nature, I wouldn't go pay to see it. Um, I didn't pay to see it except for my Netflix subscription. Give it um, a zero. You got to give it a zero because so, no one's but, giving but, it a zero yet. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. So after watching the movie, okay, I felt that I should have got paid for watching it. 
<laughs> There's no negative rating okay. on this. Though. But here, check this out. It seriously, and it, it it took me to do some research on this. You know what I mean? And now, after looking at the behind the scenes and kind of critiquing the movie, I, I would give it a solid zero. <laughs> solid zero. So, so is, is it trash? Ebenezer <laughs> Scrooge over here. This is the definition of trash. My thing is, is that I just, I, I mean, what the hell, man? This elf? <laughs> elf. Yes, that is the film that we are critiquing right now. Trash. <laughs> so trash equals zero. A I get solid it. zero. Trash Listen. equals elf. Wow. We haven't given any film a zero. First ever. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> Carolyn, what are you giving this movie? $20 uh, ticket. Man, look, I'm somebody who appreciates movies that are targeted towards families and children. I think it's it's a really tough job to write something that appeals to people of many different demographics and ages and still have them come out with a positive vibe. Pixar does it well. A lot of Disney movies do it well. A lot of the movies you grew up watching do it well. I can't think of any child that I've met, you know, whether it's, you know, family members uh, friends, kids, whatever, who have ever said they like this movie. And I understand that a ton of people I know, a ton of people we all know enjoy this film and think it's a great holiday film. And yo, if it's just trying to be a holiday film, it does the job. But I think there are so many other family films and children's films and Christmas films that do what Elf does a million times better, a million times better. And I could find those entertaining at any age you know, no matter who you are. I, I do appreciate the behind the scenes stuff. I do appreciate the thoughtfulness that went into it, but uh, I think- this Zero, you gotta give it a zero, you gotta give it a zero. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like if I gave it, if I gave it a five, it would only be because I like the behind the scenes stuff. And, and I think the behind the scenes stuff, I'm not gonna let that shape my opinion because I need to base the movie on the end result. So I'm paying zero to watch this movie. I'm not Shit. paying any money to watch so this movie. So we got a total of $25. 15 of which were mine. Yes. Divided by five. What, 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 what do we got? What do we got? Trash. No, <laughs> trash. It says trash. 25 divided by five. Trash. We got a, a, I'm not a math major. $5 is what we're giving this movie. Aren't you a math right. teacher, though? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Five dollars. So we're paying. This I is just, the worst. This is the worst rating we're ever given a movie. Can we stop? Really Can we just down. stop? I just saw him use a goddamn calculator right now to calculate. I'm drunk. I had to like five. put it. I was like, wait, what are we doing right now? That's because Elf got your spirits up. No, this movie sucks. Exactly, movie got your sucks. spirits up. Yeah, spirits as in the alcoholic All beverage. All right. Okay, how much are we paying? How much are we paying? We're paying five dollars to watch Elf. It's too much. Right. Too Thankfully, much. I was here. You, you, yeah, thank God for TJ. Otherwise, otherwise. Yeah, all you people at home, thank, thank TJ. You You're owe welcome, him, America. We'd owe get him paid thanks. to watch Elf. Can I, can I say something now? Yeah, go ahead. I, no, you can't. You referencing a Christmas movies, all that stuff. I did some research. From Esquire, we did the top 40 movies of all time. This Wide movie, range. Wide range of movies. This movie Christmas ranked movies. at 14. Yeah. 14. Of 14 of, all time? 14 of all Christmas time. movies of all time. Christmas, oh, Christmas, movies. Christmas movies. According Just to, Christmas according to oh. Esquire. Can I ask why it was number one? Yes. Well, we're you gonna can, go over and that. I will give that to we'll you. We'll go over that. My question is, 
TJ, you love it. How, how is this better than Home Alone? One or two? I don't think that it is. Okay, great, because it's not. So yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with so, you. I don't know why that is a question. Stuff that we talked about, the director that was supposed to do, yeah, Elf, the guy that did Bad Santa, great movie. Ironically, number nine, Bad Santa, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street was number eight, Home Alone number five. Mm. which I think is my Christmas movie. Okay. I love Home Alone. Uh, number four, White Christmas. Three, Christmas Story. Number two, Jason's favorite, A Christmas Story. But I think number one, we can all agree with, was A Wonderful Life. I, and I, I feel like you that put is, these down, that but it's just like, I love that they put Elf at number 14 because it does not beat any of those that we just discussed. Mind you, this same list had like Die Hard on it. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Top 40? Top 40 according to Esquire. Yeah, but and this I mean, came out a couple out days 40 ago. 40 is not bad. It's not good. <laughs> it's not awful. What was number 40? That's what I wanted to know. I didn't look that up. <laughs> like, so anyways... Um, just well, saying, this well, movie got 14 out of 40, you know, I'm, I'm to me, I grew up on Home yet. Alone and then like, which I was surprised we brought up the Polar Express. I love the Polar Express. Some of you guys in this room do not, Never but seen it. I yeah, think I Elf sucks, man. I, I just, I don't, I don't get why it's so great amongst my friends, peers, whatever. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think it's, I laughed you, one you know, time. I don't, I can't really put my finger on it. Like when you were like, oh, I, I didn't laugh. And I was like, I don't really know that I laugh when I watch the movie either. So why do you like I, it? I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. Like I said, I just know that I like the film. I like the movie. Okay. I don't know why. And that's, you know what? You're, you're, you're owned that right. That's there funny. you go. Um, one other thing too. We talked about the dude that directed Bad Santa, almost directed this. Mm -hmm. I can't help but feel like this movie would have been better if they aimed at a PG-13 rating. Like if you made I, this I would agree. If you made this agree. movie PG-13, I think it could have been better. You would have gotten away with a lot more humor. And because like let's be real, kids movies are pretty smart. Like there's a reason like you can get right. adults to like kids movies. It's because they're smart. They like have Shrek. Yeah. There's multiple levels. Well, you yeah, bring there's that different fucking levels guy to up, dude. And I feel like, like and Shrek. I feel like this movie I guess my the reason I, I'm not paying anything to watch this movie is like I feel like there's nothing smart about it. Nothing smart in the humor, in terms of the plot. There's no message. Well, to when be the writers when the writers come in when the writers come in to like it's jungle help. to jungle. It, yeah, right, it's yeah. literally it's just, jungle yeah. to jungle. Yeah, and I just I, I think they Shadows have a the huge gap a there. I I see what they were trying to do. <laughs> You know, making, you know, hey, this is an elf movie. It's going to be about this elf who's actually a human. You know Trash. what I mean? Welcome to New York of all places. Yeah, our character doesn't learn anything. He doesn't grow. Right. It's yeah. just, it's just, I just, I mean, I couldn't relate to it. Even if I was a kid, I mean, what's the point? Who the hell is Will Ferrell? You know what I mean? But even as a grown up, it's like, where's the humor? You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's lacking something there. And it's. It kind of like dumbs you down, you know what I mean, to to bring you into this dumbass movie. It's fucking horrible. But then, <laughs> exactly, you cut it on, and you're like, I want my money back or zero dollars. <laughs> I, I literally, I want Netflix to pay me for watching that. Well, I got a good night's rest, so I guess we're even. Elf. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm good. We're good on this movie. Everybody Trash. Else, nobody else uh, got Trash. anything to say. No, I'm good. Jay, you look like you got something to say. This is kind of dumb. Yes, Elf well, is a This movie, movie is dumb. Yeah, well, we're gonna right. end, we're gonna end on this. Okay, cool. Go ahead. So, my my sister and my brother in law, her husband, um, they love this movie. 
which I was just flabbergasted when they said mm. that. And I asked my sister, you know, is there anything you can help me out? Like, is there any, anything you know about this movie that I might not know? And she talked about the narwhal a little bit. But then she also asked me if the Santa in the movie is the real Santa. She asked you what? Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> what? Trash. <laughs> I swear to God, she asked me that. I'm done. Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's 2-0, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening.